listening to the Sacred Ordinary Days podcast. I'm Jen Giles Kemper, and you can find me at sacredordinarydays.com. I'm Lacey Clark-Elman of asacredjourney.net. For season one, we're journeying together through the liturgical year. So grab a cup of tea or coffee and join us at the table. Lacey, you're in my house. We're sitting across the table from each other with our tea that you might hear. You're just drinking. We can do a cheers to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so much fun. Lacey flew in last week, and we got to spend a couple of days together before all of our first batch of retreatants arrived. And then we had a retreat together with our tribe a couple members of our tribe so good it was so good Mm -hmm. i am equally exhausted and fulfilled i was telling my husband grant last night and the few stragglers we still had in our living room that i'm gonna be high on this for Mm -hmm. months well i feel like we're recording this on a sunday afternoon and it's like a big sunday lunch almost i mean we had a light lunch but we've been feasting on food that grant so graciously prepared for (laughs) us and just goodness on People that came from near and far for yeah. days. And my favorite part was hearing people's stories. I, lo- you know, mm-hmm. I loved what we shared because I love to talk about those things. But most importantly, just to hear what brings people to this community, to the liturgical calendar, what they hope for on their journey. That was the biggest blessing. Absolutely. You know, I'm not one to cry easily. <laughs> I am not one to mist up or choke up. Um, almost ever. And Mm -hmm. I found myself definitely misty eyed, but even like choking up Mm -hmm. a lot of times over the weekend um, at what a gift it all seemed like it was, what a grace it seemed like it was. Um, And in fact, Kelly, we have roped into staying with us, Kelly Blankenship, and she flew all the way from Nashville. And so we'll be sharing, well, getting her to join us here in a couple of minutes. Mm So then you're here from Seattle. Mm -hmm. I might win the biggest travel award. (laughs) And then Brooke from North Carolina. Bev and Linda came from my home state where I grew up, Missouri. Jenny came from California. And then from Texas, we had Caitlin, who lives in College Station. Diana came up from Austin, which was fun. That's where we I flew in and you picked me up. Mm -hmm. Mary Kay came from Houston, although... She lives on the other side of the world most of the time. Okay, she wins. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary came from Dallas, and you met Hillary at the Q conference. It's true. And then Haley came down from Fort Worth. She is my right-hand gal and designer. And then Elise came from across town and was one of our hosts for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And a good friend of yours here. She goes to your church. I'll say it was really special for me to have people here who um, have been traveling companions and dear friends of mine for a long time. In fact, my mom was even here for part of the time. Oh, yes. I loved having her here. She fit right in. Absolutely. She did. And um, and then lots of new friends and new traveling companions as well. So it was a really um, unique and special time, um, I think, for me even, even more than you, just for that added yeah. layer. One of my favorite things about the retreat was a happy accident that we met for the entirety of the retreat in your home. Yes, it was certainly a happy accident. That was not the plan. But because of the size of the group and a few other details that we won't talk about on air, um, yeah, it worked out that the whole retreat weekend happened in our home. Folks stayed in, in beds in various places across the city, but... 
all of yeah. all of our gathering happened so in natural. our home or in our backyard and yes it to be perfect fit mm-hmm. so today we you know we're still in the season of ordinary time we've really just begun this season and it was neat in this season to have Kelly Lacey Jenny Elise and Brooke were all we were all together at church this morning but having you guys in my home and my home church and my hometown um, really reminded me how valuable having traveling companions can be. Mm-hmm. And so whether it is ordinary time or a season of feasting or grieving, fasting or um, waiting, having a traveling companion and several, um, I think has made all the difference for most of us. And so when we set out at the beginning of this year, on this journey through the liturgical year together, our hope was to be traveling companions for one another, Lacey and I. Mm-hmm. And it has been, yeah, undoubtedly, mm-hmm. as we both came with a love for the liturgical year, the liturgical calendar, but have been enriched because of these conversations. So, so much, yes. My year would not have been the same mm-hmm. without it, and my experience of the seasons would certainly not have been the same without it. Um, But our hope was also to be a traveling companion for you um, as our listener. And ultimately, that our listeners would begin to be traveling companions for one another. And a lot of that has been happening in our Facebook group and then had a whole nother level added this weekend as we were together. People traveled here. Actually traveled Uh to companion with one another through the weekend. I feel like, you know, we had seen many of those people in the Facebook group, their faces, what they've shared, and you had met a few already, but just now that we've journeyed together in what was just a day and a half, really, mm-hmm. but it feels like so rich, like so much richer than that. In, yep. in other ways, I feel like we'll be richer companions because of it as time moves forward, and I know Jen would love to add all the rest of you to that count as yes. well in the years to come. Yeah, I shouldn't have been surprised that this has happened, but one of the things that this weekend really confirmed for me is my desire to do retreats moving forward. And I think to do small groups of retreatants moving forward, how that will look, the dates, the details, all of that stuff. I'm going to need way more time to process and figure out, but it confirmed for me how valuable it is to um, set aside the time and space to make that happen. And, um, and together around and the together. table. Yes. That's what we've kind of said in our intro from the beginning to join us at the table. And that was undoubtedly one of the best times we began with a meal together. We ended with a meal together and, of course, shared many coffees and teas and treats in between. But that forever will be the perfect way to start something like this for me is with each other, introducing yourselves, sharing your stories with food and mm-hmm. drinks together. Really showing up. So as we mentioned before, we have Kelly from the retreat with us. Kelly, tell us a bit about yourself. I am from Nashville, Tennessee. Ah, a place near and dear to me for sure. Yes, that was a fun connection to make Mm -hmm. this weekend, certainly. Yeah, I went to college in Nashville for those of you. Right down the road from where I live and work. Yes, exactly. So we're talking shops, restaurants, (laughs) zip codes even. Yeah, all the important things. Exactly. Well, it's so fun when you meet someone even from your hometown and you're far Mm -hmm. away. And you don't know them. You start talking about high school or this or that, and you mm-hmm. always say, "Do you know this person?" And you don't really know them. <laughs> <No. laughs> 
So I have, I've refrained from those questions. <laughs> yes, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I've lived there going on two years now. I'm originally from Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and then I moved to Nashville by way of Tampa, Florida, and then San Jose, California, and I've been there a couple years, and I'm really loving living there. So you're a journeyer at I heart. I am. I am. Sure. Yeah. So I... When I first became aware of each of uh, your work in this podcast, I obviously saw Lacey's theme of journey, which was a cool coincidence because I had selected my word for the year resolution to be journey, and so I love that. it was a yeah, it was a cool um, intersection that synchronicity. I found synchronicity. Synchronicity. <laughs> That's a term in pilgrimage where you know the stars all of a sudden align. You think. You cannot go any further, and then there is the food you need, the rest, you know, the companion you need, need, anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I became aware of this podcast, um, I guess, just after it began. Hmm. Um, I found the the planner first through some kind of social media. <laughs> like I many. <laughs> the power of social media. Uh, yes, and it was sold out by the time I found out about it, but it, uh, it definitely got my interest. And mm-hmm. so uh, I had just started learning about the liturgical year just a few months previous. And so uh, this was a really cool um, introduction to that. And Definitely all of Lacey's little pieces of the liturgical year and what each color means and what each mm-hmm. season means um, have been really uh, rich ways of growing my understanding of of the church year. How cool. And you actually just returned home from another pilgrimage. Yes, a literal journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I spent a week and a half in the UK, in Ireland, and um, I traveled on my own abroad for the first time, and it was a really rich experience to be over there and experience all these new things, and uh, traveling alone just gives you a different perspective. Yeah, it does. Well, and Jen was mentioning travel companions before, mm-hmm. and obviously traveling alone, you weren't traveling with a, a person companion, but... I'm sure there are other companions with you on the journey. Certainly, yes. I uh, I made lots of friends along the way, mm-hmm. which was a really cool aspect. And I'm sure people you might not have met exactly. if you had other people exactly. traveling with you. It's it, it's easier, I think, to to mm-hmm. meet people along the way when you're on your own and not um, feeling these inhibitions of you know what your travel companions may mm-hmm. want to do or not want right. to do. Well, I find that people are more likely to come up to you if you're by yourself too, mm-hmm. even if they might have wanted to speak to you or might have noticed you and thought, oh, I wonder what she's doing or he's doing. If you're already with someone, people are more reticent to butt in and introduce themselves. But Absolutely. traveling alone, yeah, you meet lots of great friends. and Yeah, I met lots of folks along the way. I ended up surfing on the mm. western coast of <laughs> Ireland, which I wouldn't have done if I hadn't been open to meeting new friends and, <laughs> and new experiences. And uh, Lacey's theme of journey might... 2016 theme of journey helped along the way to just you know make plans as they as the day goes along and 
and just see what each day brings. Mm-hmm. Well, even though you took kind of a, a spontaneous approach and were certainly holding it, your plans and your expectations with open hands and mm-hmm. and let things shift a bit as you went, you also had a few plans going into it, and I think some of them revolved around food perhaps? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All of my travel plans tend to involve food. So, yeah, I went in um, with the London trip. Certainly I had a lot more a lot more things in mind, uh, but I always am looking up, you know, the places to eat that are the mm-hmm. most culturally appropriate where I can meet all the locals <laughs> and um, finding the best coffee shops. And yeah. uh, so that was really neat. Lacey and I were bonding over Kensington Gardens and mm-hmm. um, I got to have tea. Uh, I said with William and Kate, not maybe exactly, but that's what I said too. (laughs) Close enough. She missed the appointment, but you know, things come up. Uh I know. It's all about the journey. Uh huh. (laughs) How neat. So then, what is it that brought you to the retreat this weekend? Yeah, I, um, like I said, the uh, liturgical year and all of the, the, um, really just the theme of journey in particular has kind of been. A little bit new for me. I grew up in a pretty fundamentalist uh, Christian background, and so um, it was a little more black and white and a little more set in the way I grew up. And so it's been pretty freeing to to think of it in this regard. And so when you guys first started talking about the retreat, I was intrigued, and <laughs> um, I mentioned the synchronicity that I'd seen with with Lacey, and actually. Um, we discovered, or I discovered after she had made a post about her birthday that we have the same birthday. <laughs> and it is again. That was, yeah, it was yet another little poke to, mm-hmm. to And I'll mention, here. you guys have a very similar build and, and look and, you know, uh, at one point Long this afternoon, point. yeah, <laughs> at one point this afternoon, uh, I was in the car and you guys were walking the other direction and I thought, if I didn't know who was wearing what, I wouldn't know who was who. Oh. <laughs> Possibly, possibly sisters. Um, yeah, I so I'd kind of gotten all these little these little nudges to to be here, but I had plans with a couple of friends to go to Mexico on a little Memorial Day trip, and um, that was what I was hoping to do. But then they ended up getting a baby <laughs> um, because they're fostering and hoping to adopt. And so that just, when it happens, it happens. And so yeah. um, it's wonderfully exciting, but that did cancel our trip plans. And so that <laughs> yes. left me wondering what to do. And I have a good friend about an hour away in Dallas, and I had a, had a conversation with her, caught up. We hadn't talked in a while, and I knew she needed encouragement, and I felt like the right thing to do was to to come and be with her for a few days, and then it was kind of a perk that I also could be here the same weekend. So, it, perfect um, timing. Yeah, it felt oh, very, it felt very right to be here. Well, and I know you've talked a lot about being new to the liturgical year, this theme of journey for the year, and of course mm-hmm. that led you to us in some way, which we're so grateful for. Absolutely. Where do you feel like you are experiencing transformation right now? Yeah, I think. Um, I mentioned a little bit about my background, which, like I said, this, you know, idea of black or white seemed to be very prevalent in in how I was raised. And so I feel like um, that is one big way is learning um, along the journey to embrace some of those gray areas Mm. and the fact that 
probably there's more gray than there is mm. even black or white and and gray can be lots of things gray yeah. can be mystery gray can be unknown gray can be unknowable gray mm. can be not yet mm. you know i think mm-hmm. often we think of gray really negatively mm-hmm. that um or or overly positively <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um you know, that everything has to be gray or everything has to be black and white, but gray can take lots of yeah. different shapes for us and sure. the invitation that it offers and mm-hmm. what it holds, perhaps. So, well, I think with this theme of journey, you can almost envision gray as, as the sidewalk, as, as the path, mm-hmm. because it's those in between places mm-hmm. that lead us from one point to the next, liminal spaces. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, one thing that you said this weekend really stuck with me, and I feel like goes exactly with this metaphor of the black and white and then the gray being the path, the journey. Um, and you asked, what invitations are hidden within your desires? Mm-hmm. Um, what questions are hidden within your desires? And, I, you know, part of a journey is belonging to set out or... Yeah. I think that's true for most people. Certainly there are some of us who end up on journeys that we did not want to be on Mm -hmm. and would not have chosen. Um, But there's always something hidden within Mm -hmm. um, the actual path. Yeah, and I read a poem that says, Pathmaker, there is no path. The path is made Mm -hmm. by walking. So as you're describing those things, especially when something happens that we didn't expect and wondering about, that's not part of the plan. What mm-hmm. What is the invitation in this and in my desire, especially if my desire is deep disappointment, etc. Right. That the path is made by walking, and mm-hmm. so the invitation compels us to to take a step in yeah. one direction or another on that on that bit of gray, because those days are gray days for sure. So, what has the gray path been for you now, past? Past the season of black and white. Mm-hmm. Past that known world, mm-hmm. so to speak. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I had a, a friend who used to talk about living in the tension, mm-hmm. and that has seemed very relevant to to where I am now. Is um, you know, once once you learn that it's something isn't black and white, it can kind of be shocking and turn your world upside down yeah. a little bit, and so scary even. Yeah, I definitely experienced some of that fear and some of that, um, I don't know, I was just really disconcerted by, uh, by the shaking up of my world. Mm-hmm. And so uh, learning to make my response to that, not fear, but rather learning to live in the tension and being, mm-hmm. o- being okay with the gray, I mm-hmm. think is where I am now. Um, not necessarily feeling a rush to find the black yeah. or white, mm-hmm. even if it exists, um, but being okay with the gray where I am now. Being on the journey. Mm. And I know we talked a lot about centering practices this week, and many people shared that that is what even brought them Mm -hmm. to this community. They are longing for some centering, and I'm longing for centering too. And I know that Peter Rollins talks about decentering practices. He thinks that we should... Tell me more. Yes, I know. That's what... I'm intrigued. Shaking the world up right there. Talk about black and white to gray. He says that... It is the decentering practices that transform us, that grow us. And so mm. if we're always comfortable, then we are not encouraged to leave, to walk the path, so to speak. Mm. And so that has been and always is an eye-opener for me, both as I long for centering, but to also question, 
just in my daily life, in this ordinary time, how am I allowing myself to be decentered, to be uncomfortable, so that I can encounter the kingdom of God that is beyond my mm-hmm. my realm of vision? Yeah. So beyond the people that you met along the way in this most recent journey, physical, literal journey that you've been on, who are the other companions that you felt you took with you? Maybe books or music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A friend's words that, that stayed in your heart, perhaps. Yeah. And I think even journals. Journals are uh-huh. companions in a way. Sure, yeah. I definitely had my journal, and I definitely um, definitely had some, some books or music. I think uh, the silence in, a, in an interesting yeah. way was a companion. Um, hmm. I didn't really have a full-on phone plan. For the most part, I had um, I had like an emergency plan, you know, where mm-hmm. I could turn it on if I needed it. But uh, I was left without my phone and without mm-hmm. um, that connection. And I think just that silence yeah. in itself was a companion for well, me I on think the trip. What you're naming mm. seems really important because, especially people that are new to contemplative prayer, contemplative mm-hmm. practices, might experience that and that these surprising companions that might feel uncomfortable come along a lot in life and you can mm-hmm. either resist them or befriend them, making them sure your yeah. companion. So I think that absolutely is a great question when, when you find yourself in a strange place. Yeah. What will you resist? Or, or something staying with you that perhaps mm-hmm. you're hoping yes. to shake off, uh-huh. like silence. Yeah, exactly. what's the di- what happens... If you resist it, sometimes it's like pushing a beach ball under the water. You push it down, and it just bops up. Leaves your arms really tired. Yeah, versus be for giving it a little hug, letting it help you float sort of thing. Sure, yeah. I think uh, with some of the people I met even, you know, opening myself up to, to talking to people, um, you know, when the, the tendency is just to be insular and, mm-hmm. you know, not really pay attention to what's going on around you, but just being open to making eye contact with people and smiling and starting conversations. Again, I think it's easier to do on your own. And so, um, so in that way, some of my physical companions that I made along the way were a surprise. As far you mentioned books, and I'll throw out my recommendation on here <laughs> that I wanted to also recommend and did to the Please. tribe this weekend. Um, Becca Stevens is a woman who started a ministry in Nashville called Thistle Farms that um, helps women who are uh, struggling with um, maybe from abuse or from you know uh, previous experience in prisons. And um, it's a beautiful ministry that she started, but she's also written a few books. And there's one called uh, Hither and Yon, and it's the subtitle is A Travel Guide for the Spiritual Journey. Mm-hmm. And that was I a like it already. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, a companion to me along the way. And uh, she goes through different aspects of travel, like preparing and packing and then traveling well and mm-hmm. and um, making companions along the way. And so that I kind of tried to make a um, almost a devotional book for myself throughout the way. Yeah. And, and it helped me frame the journey. Mm-hmm. Plus, I, I think along. going to Ireland and reading a book called Hither and Yon. <laughs> as well, you set out by to the someone green who leads a ministry called Thistle Farm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I definitely highly recommend Highly recommend that. And you guys were really a companions to me along the way um, with hmm. all of. Uh, we would have been happy to be more than right. <laughs> auditory <laughs> companions ahead of, ahead of the next, trip, time. next time. <laughs> well, I had your podcasts downloaded. At and least we could be there in some way. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I 
and I definitely thought of you along the way. Mm. How neat. So now that we are entering Ordinary Time, and that was a bit of our theme Mm -hmm. for the retreat as well, and knowing that you're new to the liturgical calendar, kind of your first Ordinary Time. Mm. I'm curious about how, certainly, being a part of this community, but and your trip as well, how that shapes what is ahead for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. I So when I became familiar with the liturgical year, it was actually about this time last year. So oh. this is actually my second ordinary Full circle time. then, even <laughs> better. Um, I had just started uh, going off and on to a church that, uh, that uses the liturgical year. And so I started hearing them talk about this. Mm. And I remember the woman who got up to do the children's uh, ministry hour, whatever, each week would talk about the green growing season of mm. ordinary time. And there were these long green banners at the front of the sanctuary, and she would reference them and and talk about that every week. And at first, I didn't know what she was talking about, <laughs> right. or, you know, wikipedia it and, <laughs> and tried to figure out what in the world does this mean? And I just thought it was a beautiful way to to look at it, that it's ordinary, but then still pointing out the beauty of the ordinary. And so getting used to the liturgical year, um, I think there's a beautiful rhythm to it that I never felt otherwise. I, you mm. know, we had New Year's, which was kind of a time to reset. Yeah. But then after that, you know, everyone falls off the boat around February, March, April, you know, mm-hmm. depending on need how long by somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so you need some way to reset. And so I think this is a perfect time for that. And I know... Um, with, you know, I work at a school, and so you go by semesters, and by the end of the semester, you're just exhausted and needing a, a way to reset. So this is perfect timing for me because I have very much felt like my contemplative practices have kind of, you know, gotten off a little bit, and I'm kind of ready for a time to restart. And so this weekend specifically has been really refreshing mm. for me. Um, and just, I think, celebrating the extraordinary in the ordinary mm-hmm. this weekend and um uh the sacred in the ordinary has been has been a beautiful practice that I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to carrying on and so cool I love that you said the greening mm-hmm. power of ordinary time and that you got to start ordinary time in a green yeah place so green <laughs> yes lush nature and in Celtic wisdom too mm-hmm. which in Celtic Christian spirituality, the ordinary is where they where they find the sacred. Yes, yes. Well, there are there any particular practices that have been faithful companions of yours? I know you talked about different um, contemplative practices that you've adopted along the way. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular one that you feel like I hate to say is your favorite, but that has been particularly meaningful for you, or that you've walked with a ways? Sure, yeah. I think um, one thing has been, uh, as Lacey calls it, my morning ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with that idea of being encouraged, uh, but with more shame and guilt around not doing it than yeah. the actual benefits hmm. of, of having that time. And so... Um, or even help for how to make it rich. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so that... That morning time, um, what has really been helpful for me is centering prayer. And so having a time for centering prayer in the mornings, but then also having a, a communal centering prayer. I, I've 
again, for about the last year, have been a part of a centering prayer group on Saturdays. Mm. And uh, it's interdenominational, interfaith, really. We have, uh, I have a couple friends there who are Catholic nuns and a man who um, is a Buddhist and people from various denominations of the Christian faith. And wow. uh, we get together every Saturday morning and uh, have a Lectio Divina and then have a centering prayer time together. And that introduced me to that idea, but then adopting that, you know, on my own throughout the week, but then sharing that time in community on the weekends has been really powerful. Hmm. Um, I mentioned silence earlier and, you know, it just kind of sitting with the silence and sitting with the tension of that Mm -hmm. silence Mm -hmm. has been a beautiful practice for me, especially Mm -hmm. growing up when prayer mainly means talking at God, (laughs) having a time when, um, you can just enjoy the silence has been beautiful. Well, and I'm sure that because you've been going to that centering prayer group, when the silence came in Ireland, you were you recognized it more. Mm-hmm. You knew how to befriend it. You knew how exactly. to not only be with it, but mm-hmm. find God in it. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say, that it seems to me that the fact that you found the silence so meaningful a companion on your journey and that you've been cultivating your, your practice with it and... Mm-hmm. I've been cultivating a friendship with silence now for a year. That does not seem accidental, you know? Not at all. And can I say, I love that you had mentioned that you started with Ordinary Time because here we are almost marking a a milestone for you where you can look back on your journey this past year and share share your story with us. We're so grateful to hear it and to be travel companions with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. I'm glad to be traveling alongside you. <laughs> well, and all three of us use the same app for sometimes of centering prayer by ourselves. I saw Kelly pull it out this weekend and then mm-hmm. she and Lacey were talking about it. I said, oh, I love Insight Timer as well. So if you're looking for an app that will help you start engaging with centering prayer, um, I know there are a couple of book resources that I would recommend. Do you guys have recommendations for kind of how to get started with centering prayer if you want to learn more about it? I think I um, was introduced to it by joining a group at a church. And so I would really recommend seeing if there's, and and as Kelly was saying, she's a part of a group that is interdenominational, interfaith. So even if there's not one at your church, I'm sure there are many in your community that you could join and there's there's a beauty about sitting in silence which is a vulnerable thing alongside people of different generations different faiths people you don't know and yet sharing in that holy communion Mm -hmm. in a way and I know some of you might live in more rural areas where that's not available so you could certainly start a group or find tutorials online I'd say I would start with Thomas Keating's oh, yes. teaching. He's the one who coined the term centering prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would I would start with Thomas Keating and and then go from there. And then um as you begin to work with the practice, I found that for me, when I practiced it in a group and someone else was in charge of the mm-hmm. clock and the period of silence, I could relax into it in a way that I had not been able to do when I was practicing it by myself until I discovered Insight Timer. One thing I do want to mention and something I've carried with me since I was part of that group, I was only there for a few months and then kind of adopted the practice to be my own during my morning ritual. The leader said to not 
be discouraged when you get distracted. We usually start with a centering word, which is like a mantra. Mine is peace and presence. Mm -hmm. So I kind of do it with a breath in and out. But undoubtedly, hundreds of times in in a 20-minute session, I become distracted. But he said, don't be discouraged because every time you return, as Benedict says, always we begin again, is an act of faith. And so, sure, it's about the silence, but it's about moreover the return mm-hmm. and as in, in cultivating the discipline ex- of return exactly. in moments of distraction exactly and, and so i think many people get frustrated with centering prayer or meditation because they think they can't do it they can't stay in the silence but they think they have to do it perfectly mm-hmm. and it's all about the return and know that we are returning <laughs> right mm-hmm. there with you for sure yeah Absolutely. it was also suggested to me i know i'm a visual person so mm-hmm. i like to uh, imagine a place that I can um, pretend to be. Some, mm. Usually it's in nature by mm, a stream mm-hmm. or on a mountain. And it's sometimes easier to let those thoughts pass when you make them physical oh, objects. Yes. So if you're by a stream, imagine it being a, a little boat floating uh-huh. down the river and Just then it's cute gone. Or a leaf uh-huh. floating through the wind and then it blows that. away and it's gone and you're back to mm-hmm. the place where you started. Mm. I love the practicality too of adopting the practice in a way that makes the most sense for you, Mm -hmm. owning the Mm -hmm. fact that you're a visual person and Mm -hmm. that that component is helpful. Um, I know, you know, in the West, it's, it's often taught that you use a centering word or Mm -hmm. a lot of people begin there. Others will simply return. um, And this is more prevalent in the East in the Eastern church to return to breath. Mm -hmm. And so you might begin more heavy breathing to kind of recenter that mm-hmm. rhythm <laughs> or, or reinitiate that rhythm once you uh, once you find perhaps yeah. that words are more distracting than helpful um, and since we're talking tools and I love like we're hearing that each of us practice in a different way because I know mm-hmm. you love the breath you were talking about this visualization technique and I have kind of taken from meditation to naming what's going through my mind so once mm-hmm. I catch it and I say ah oh, planning and so once I just categorize mm. it, it, pass it on mm. and know that that's not the time for planning or rehashing mm-hmm. one of my mind's favorite activities. Oh, yeah. And so that's been helpful for me, too, because I just get caught in that somehow. And so as you name it, send it, send it down the stream, yep. so to speak, and return to that breath that Jen was talking about. So helpful. Well, Kelly, getting to know you this weekend has been such a gift for both of us and I would really love for other folks to be able to experience your travels alongside you. I know your Instagram feed has become one of my new favorites. Mm-hmm. Especially with her trip to Ireland and all the friends that she's talked about meeting along the way. Yes. So is is there a place, Instagram or beyond, that um, people could connect with you and perhaps follow along your journey? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, my Instagram is Gypsy in Green altogether. <laughs> very green ordinary, timeish. Uh-huh, very green, very journey related. Yep. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to follow you on Twitter. So we are going to pause it right now and have a great big hug because I cannot imagine. Um, a better way to send Kelly off. And then Lacey and I will um, rejoin you and we'll talk more traveling companions. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure to get to know you both and be here this weekend. So I just am so grateful for this opportunity. Ditto. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Us too.
Lacey, we have been each other's traveling companions mm-hmm. for these last months. And I'm curious, well, maybe this is a bold question. <laughs> Do you think we have been good traveling companions for each other? Yeah. Well, I first off, I wouldn't have done this without you. Hmm. So I think that's one good note. It was yeah. something I was intrigued by. I certainly love listening to podcasts, especially ones that are centered around conversation and always faith, of course. And so, yes, I wouldn't have <laughs> done this without you. And so... That's the very, from the very beginning, we have companioned each other on this journey, especially as it's a new thing for both of us. And I've also loved, too, having these conversations. I've, I'm new, you know, we've said along, we're both fairly new to the liturgical calendar. We didn't grow up with it and, you know, fell in love with it and had various, I like to say journey guides and spiritual midwives that <laughs> taught us that, whether it's through through books or through the communities we've been a part of. But I haven't really had the opportunity to sit down for the amount of time we sit down each each recording and throughout each season to talk about both what is meaningful to us about the way the church celebrates it and what has become meaningful to us as we celebrate in our homes mm-hmm. and I've been grateful to share and to kind of process what I have done, my experience, and I've learned so much from yours as well that will undoubtedly companion me into the next liturgical year and beyond. Yeah, for me too. I think knowing at the very beginning that um, I wanted to take a journey like this through a podcast with someone um, and knew pretty quickly that... You, you know, you were the first one that came to mind that I knew I wanted to take the journey with. And so it's been neat to see how our relationship has unfolded and grown. And, you know, as we've been saying, we've never met in real life until just yeah. this week. <laughs> and so even having that added component now of our relationship has been really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, we do work very differently, though, and we have different personalities and different approaches mm-hmm. to lots of things. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned so much from the way that you see the world mm-hmm. and the language that you mm-hmm. use and the practices that you have adopted and adapted to what works for you. And those have all been such grace, such gift to me. But I will say that even some of the difficult parts of this journey have also been such mm-hmm. gift and such grace to me. I think Kelly was speaking to that, especially in the gray. And we are coming from different places, different voices, different personalities, Jenna said, and we are big Enneagram fans, so that has helped us <laughs> just understand the way that each of us works and what we need from one another, and that has been a gift, too. Too, This has been hard work for us, just sitting down, recording, mm-hmm. editing, coming to these conversations that can be really vulnerable at times, and so it's been a gift to be able to have someone that we can trust to stay stay with it in those those in-between places. And, and I think that's exactly it, feeling um, feeling that we had established trust with yeah. one another, that we could press in when there were some difficult things or some even hurt or frustration um, or when we needed something more or different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I would say as you're looking for a spiritual companion, um, look for someone that's trustworthy. Look for someone that is willing to make a commitment to you. Look for someone... Um, with whom you can have a mutual relationship. Mm -hmm. There is something so beautiful and so meaningful about having a pastor, a spiritual director, a mentor um, to walk with you. 
But if the only relationships that you have are those, I think you're missing a key component Mm -hmm. of any journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having someone that, that, again, that you have that mutual friendship with is so rich. And I'm I'm really grateful Mm -hmm. to count you as one of my very dearest friends. Well, and I think that's the difference between perhaps we're talking companions, a a trip vacation companion, right, and a journey companion, a trip vacation companion you're it's got 10 days maybe seven (laughs) and you go off and you part ways perhaps Mm -hmm. at the end but a journey companion is someone whom you have been brave enough to face all of those things with and come out on the other side and I definitely know that our journeys together will continue beyond this season of the podcast yes 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 and in fact being together this weekend has um, really stirred my heart to wonder and dream a bit about um, other seasons that we might journey together in other ways. And so I even threw out to Lacey, you know, what if, um, even though we're taking a break now and we planned for this to be the last episode of season one, um, I threw out the idea that maybe we could circle back around and perhaps do another episode or two or a few Um, towards the very end of Ordinary Time to really bookend this whole liturgical year as we started together in Advent. So, um, Mm -hmm. and of course I I said yes. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I know I have a lot of projects in mind and I'm not sure how that will pan out and how busy I'll be, but I can't not have these conversations. (laughs) You got me addicted, Jim. So we aren't going to be announcing when the next one will be released, Um, because we don't know yet, Mm -hmm. but, um, know that we will be continuing to journey together, um, off air, (laughs) um, as in our ordinary days, in our ordinary days. Mm -hmm. And that, um, as we come back together on the podcast, you'll see that you'll see that of course, as it happens. Mm -hmm. So along with this theme of traveling that we've been talking about throughout this time and feels like a great metaphor for this journey. You can't, I can't escape it. I love that pilgrimage language. This time we've had together, we shared with our retreatants this past weekend and want to share with you, and you'll notice they're similar to the questions we were asking Kelly, these compass cues, something to help you navigate ordinary time, navigate seasons of growth, of greening, as Kelly was saying. So the first one We'd love to know, and you are welcome to share it in the Facebook tribe, facebook.com slash groups slash sacred ordinary days tribe, or simply use them as journal prompts. What made you say yes to the liturgical year, to the tribe, however you want to interpret that? How do you find yourself on this journey? Where and how are you experiencing transformation? And as we have just begun ordinary time, and it is, as we said before, the longest season of the liturgical year, what might you adopt for ordinary time to make it feel sacred? I know we talked about centering prayer and decentering practices as well. So we want to send you with a blessing on your journey. Lacey introduced me to John O'Donohue. And this is one of his poems. A traveling companion. An excellent traveling companion, yes. This is a blessing for longing. 
Blessed be the longing that brought you here and quickens your soul with wonder. May you have the courage to listen to the voice of desire that disturbs you when you have settled for something safe. May you have the wisdom to enter generously into your own unease to discover the new direction your longing wants to take you. May the forms of your belonging in love, creativity, and friendship be equal to the grandeur and call of your soul. May the one you long for, long for you. May your dreams gradually reveal the destination of your desire. May a secret providence guide your thought and nurture your feeling. May your mind inhabit your life with the sureness with which your body inhabits the world. May your heart never be haunted by ghost structures of old damage. May you come to accept your longing as divine urgency. May you know the urgency with which God longs for you. So how do you mark benedictions and times of sending? And how are you going to be living into ordinary time until we meet again after a little break? What would you love to hear more of in season two? Let us know in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Sacred Ordinary Days Tribe and on social media using the hashtag Sacred Ordinary Days. You'll hear from me again when I'm ready with news of season two. In the meantime, I invite you to get the free essentials workbook at my website, sacredordinarydays.com. And to help Lacey and I close this season out well, please leave us an iTunes review. For more resources on the liturgical calendar and spiritual formation, join me at sacredordinarydays.com and Lacey at asacredjourney.net. Thank you so much for journeying with us this season. See you soon. Thank you.